Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemonski with, uh, with me as always, Poppin' Rick. So what's up, what's up? Uh, today, we're going to try to expedite, uh, you know, this show, as we always do, slash show of the week, starts and, uh, wow, starts and says, uh, trade targets, um, and we are going to give you our best buys and our best sells, guys that we're looking into trading for and trading away um, as we go into week five, help you build your rosters. Um, I, in the home league, I usually have made like three trades by now, um, but I feel like everyone's holding. I'm waiting for the panic. I don't know why no the one's trading. Is starting. When when does the home league start trading? Because I'm I need to make a trade. I'm I'm deprived. Yeah, I I've been trying to make trades, but the only people that are willing to make trades is you and uh, another guy in our league. Yeah, that's a little bit ridiculous. Usually our guys like to trade, but maybe I fleeced them too hard. Maybe. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we'll do that. Before we do, check our website, fanschampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening, I have a podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, any other podcasting platforms. Please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, or like. Wow. And like and comment down below. Uh, leave us any questions that you have for um, Rick or I pertaining to trades. You know, it's four weeks into the season. Um, you know, uh, what? what is it? You know, uh, I'm trying to think. 15, 16, and 17 is the playoffs. So that's 14 weeks of the regular season for fantasy football. Um, you got four out of 14 completed. If you're own four, you're not done yet. We're not done with you. So don't leave because you're own four and your team is, but we can fix it. Just leave a comment with your concerns and pain. Yeah, man, my team sucks. I'm own fourth. I have Joe Burrow. I had Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cap. Imagine having like, the all and going into the season being like it's very easy to have guys that are already out for the year like all on your team like mike williams jk dobbins oh, uh for sure. maybe you had rogers or something you drafted rogers uh rogers was a thing that's right yeah he went what in the eighth round in our home league i totally forgot yeah the, the person that took him was trying to keep him away from you and me and we weren't going to check. I don't think we were going to take him either. <laughs> I would have taken him out if he like fell, but I wasn't going to take him in the eighth round or ninth round. The only team, probably even the tenth. <laughs> it was just like screw you guys. You're, if you're not taking a quarterback, you're not taking any one of them. But I got Anthony Richardson, so and I got Kurt Cousins. <laughs> My quarterback's more fun than your quarterback. That's for sure. Yeah, he is. Mine got mine got whacked in the face and threw it. But I got hours. the bad stack, the stack that, that isn't even good. They like him and Addison. There was one. There was one throw Richardson had this week, and he's like, as a passer, he's got a lot of work to do. But he's just got this ridiculous talent, and he threw a ball, and somebody just punched him in the arm, like, and that you know you would imagine that would slow your that would slow your arm down, mm-hmm. uh, and he freaking slang shot it fifty yards. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I was like, this dude, this dude's crazy. He's a beast. I took out my water bottle in my demonstration for the uh for the camera. Um, but anyway, so um 
yeah, we're going to give you our buys and sells, help you build your team here, because um, you're not done. You're not done if you're 0-4. You, you still got this. We can still get you back. You have to win a heck of a lot of games. Probably got to go like 8-2 and two down the stretch to have a chance here. But uh, season's not over, so bear with us. Um, All right, let's start with the buys. We got number one, Jamar Chase. So, I mean, we've talked about the Bengals a little bit. With Joe Burrow being not great this year, the offense in and of itself is not great. Now, there's a couple of different things surrounding this that you kind of need to watch if you're going to make a trade for Jamar Chase. And I'm curious, Rick, what your thoughts are on this. But if they shut Jamar, um, Joe Burrow down for the season, are you worried about Jamar Chase? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's a risk you have to take. Would Chase still be good without Burrow? Probably. Okay. But is he going to be the guy you drafted? No. No. So 100% no. You have to take that into account when you're trading for Jamar Chase. So don't dump the entire ship for him. Like, mm-hmm. make sure that you try to get him for as little as you can. Because if if Joe Burrow does get shut down for the season, there is that problem. So I wanted to preface this by saying that I don't think Joe Burrow is going to get shut down. I'm like if he was going to get shut down, he would have been shut down already. So unless, I don't think he. I think the odds of him getting shut down aren't high. Yes. It's so not like it's my thing is is that you're still seeing a massive target share for Jamar Chase. Yeah. And the first two weeks of the season were not good. It was nine eight. The last two weeks, he's had 26 and 14. So he's obviously seen massive amounts of improvements, and he's better than wide receiver 21 on the season. Um, I think as the weeks go along with the target share that he has, um, he's going to start making improvements. He hasn't caught a touchdown on the season. Everyone's been talking about that. Um, So at some point, he'll catch a touchdown. But my thing with Jamar Chase is that he's so – innately talented and has such a connection with Joe Burrow that the target share is not changing and things aren't changing for him. So like in terms of how he can produce. So I would try to make my best offer to get Jamar chase. See if you can get him on your team, because I still think he has that top five ceiling um, in fantasy football. He's obviously not the top three player that you drafted him to be so far this year, especially with Joe Burrow not being great. So I think it's an opportunity to kind of, if you can get him, buy him low and see if you can get him on your team because I think that he's one of the, he's still one of the elite receivers in the league that um, can win you fantasy weeks. Um, you know, I mean, AJ Brown had success with freaking Ryan Tannehill, and I think that half of Joe Burrow is Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And if you can trade for Chase, I think it's a good time to do it. Um, he has the Cardinals this week, and then I want to say that his his uh, strength of schedule isn't really that difficult. And you are right. It's the, the first two weeks, right? The first two weeks he wasn't good. Um, but he, even those first two weeks he had eight and nine targets. Week three he has 15. Last week he had nine. I think what he's done the last two weeks is, is more of what he is. Yeah. Which is 14 and 26, I think. And to think, he's wide receiver 21, mm-hmm. put up 26 points, 14 points. He does not have a touchdown yet this year. Yeah. If Burrow comes back to what he was, starts throwing a couple touchdowns, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is going to be explosive. There's a reason he was a wide receiver two going into the year. I think you even had him as the wide receiver one, or he was really close to it, right? Yeah. 
So like, I mean, there was a reason for that and he doesn't do that without touchdowns. So he needs some more touchdowns. He needs Burrow to start playing better. But if those things happen, he's going to be a top three receiver. Yeah. He a hundred percent will be a top three receiver and you can get him right now for the price of probably, I wouldn't say a first round value. Um, maybe like a, a late second round value. You could probably get him for that. Mm-hmm. And if you can get him for that, do it. hundred percent do it. I think the, the rewards outweigh the risk. Yeah, for sure. Sure. For sure. And I think he's still the guy, like he's still the, he's still a dude. So yeah. like regardless of what, who his quarterback is, I still think he's going to put up big fantasy weeks because he is an elite wide receiver. In yeah. If football. theoretically burrow, they do shut him down. Yeah. He's, I don't think he'll be a top three guy, but he could still have big weeks. 100%. Yeah, for sure. He's still like a top 12 receiver in fantasy at minimum. So, um, all right, let's move on to the next guy. Second by Zay flowers. You got to get this guy on your team. He started off the season this past week. He did not have the greatest game against Cleveland. Only four targets, three catches, 56 yards, um, and only eight fantasy points, but weeks one through three at 17, 10 and 13, and he got 10, five and 10 targets. So, He's a little bit inconsistent in terms of target share to start the season, but it one thing has has been clear to start the season, and that is Zay Flowers is realistically their number one wide receiver. Bateman hasn't really been anything. Odell Beckham got hurt, and Zay Flowers is really the only guy left there. So, which ironically, we could have predicted that for the freaking Baltimore Ravens. They went from having three guys. <laughs> That's why to I dra- hey, I drafted him in best ball because of that. So. <laughs> For him, I, I you know he's still a rookie. It's going to take him time to develop into a really, really good wide receiver, and um, it's going to take him time to develop a workload and a, and a share in the offense that ends up being really good. But I would take, um, I would take Zay Flowers, and I think he's cheap. Like he's not going to be like a super expensive buy. Um, so, you know, I am trying to think of an equivalent player, but somebody who's right, right around a running back who's right around like RB 20 to RB 25 is probably mm. what you, what it would take to get Zay flowers. But I would offer that and maybe even lower because of some of these bus games that he has had. But I think there's a ceiling for him and I think he can, I think he can break out, especially if he gets to like midway point or halfway point of the season. That's usually when rookie wide receivers start to really catch fire. And if he's already showing signs of being a really good fantasy asset, like, you know, in all his games, you know, he caught nine of 10 targets week one, four of five targets week two, eight of 10 targets week three, three or four. Tar- like if the target share is consistent for him, he's not going to have weeks like A.J. Brown where he gets 12 targets and six catches. He's going to every single week for him is going to be like 80 to 90 percent catch. So like if he starts getting nine, 10 catches a game, you can anticipate that he's going to get six, seven catches, which in PPR is beautiful. So um, I would try to get Zay flowers before he really starts to break out. Um, and, you know, I think that might happen over the next two weeks against Pittsburgh and Tennessee to the easiest pass defenses in the NFL right now um, to beat for wide receivers. So I would get him now before, before you lose out. Yeah. And I think, um, it was a big opportunity for him this week with Odell and Bateman out, and he only had four targets. But Lamar only had 19 pass attempts too. They were dominating that whole game, and they ran the ball a lot. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be more ways and more opportunity, even when Bateman and Odell come back. Mm-hmm. Odell, I mean, I don't know if he's going to play. Like even when he comes back, he's going to probably have get re-injured at some point. I don't trust him at all. And then Bateman is also pretty injury prone, but even when he's out there, he's clearly 
behind Flowers. Flowers is the guy in that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's another guy that has had very much success so far to start the year, 17, 10, 13, and 8 without a touchdown. So once those touchdowns start coming in, um, he could be having some monster weeks. And as you said, he's got some pretty easy matchups coming up. Not just Pittsburgh, Tennessee, you go further. Mm-hmm. Detroit's defense is better than it was last year, but I don't think it's elite. Arizona, Seattle, uh, Cleveland's a tough matchup, but then he's got the uh, Bengals and, and the Chargers. So he's got a decent amount of easy matchups here coming up. So uh, I think he's a perfect buy. Yeah, for sure. Loves a flowers. I've been trying to target him in the, in our home league, but I You're know, not gonna get him I know that's not ever happening. So screw us. Um, all right, number three, and Rick's gonna have a tough time with this one is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, now this is a this is a this is a, this is a soft spot for Rick because Jameer Gibbs is a good player, but the yeah, I think Detroit, he's a good buy in Dynasty. Detroit Lions don't think well, they think that they just haven't gotten there yet. Um, so David Montgomery has been the clear one there. Is there a couple of things for David Montgomery. Uh, he's not really an efficient runner. He's been good, but he's not really been super efficient. He's just a veteran guy that knows what he's doing, and um, and I think that's why he's been getting the work. I, I, I there was um there was another NFL running back, um, who was it that was breaking down Montgomery's film? Austin was it Austin Eckler? I think it was Austin Eckler. Um, he's been hurt, right? Mm-hmm. He was on with, uh, I think, Matt Harmon in the Yahoo Fantasy Sports podcast. And um, he was talking about how David Montgomery does a really good job at running between gaps in his own running scheme. And, you know, um, how, like, young players don't necessarily know how to run through those immediately. And he's just a veteran that knows how to do those things. And I think that's why Detroit probably likes him. Um, so I don't know what's going on with David Montgomery. But I guarantee you that man at some point blows something up. He either gets hurt or he starts sucking so bad you have to take him out. So something's going to happen to David Montgomery. Even if they're at a 50-50 split, um, I still think Jameer Gibbs can be successful because with just the the three games that he's played with David Montgomery, he's had, Gibbs has had 27-48 and 37% snap percentage. But in those games, he's still getting somewhere in the vicinity of 10 to 15 touches. Um, this past week he had 13 the week before without David Montgomery, he had 19 the week before that, um, he had somewhere in the vicinity of 16 and then week one, he had nine. So he's always getting anywhere between 10, um, to, to 15 touches. And I think that's just with 40, around 40% of the snaps when Montgomery is on the field. If they get to 50, 50, he's definitely going to get enough work and enough patch pass catching opportunity at minimum to score some fantasy points. The only reservation that I have with Jameer Gibbs, because he's had 8, 12, 9, and 9 on the season for fantasy points. So in PPR, that's not great. Um, but my thing with him is that if he starts scoring some touchdowns, um, you know, obviously things will change. Now, it's going to be hard for him to do that with Montgomery on the field because Montgomery is the feature guy. But I think my thing with Gibbs is that at some point in the season, he is too talented to not, and he was drafted with too high of a draft pick. This is not the same situation as Swift. Swift was in the system and Dan Campbell came in and it, and it wasn't his guy. This is his guy. At some point, I know we've seen this story before, but at some point Gibbs is going to be the guy and he's going to start producing. And that's going to happen this year. So 
I like Jameer Gibbs as a buy this week. I think that, you know, you like guys like Rick who are super low on him right now. Um are are going to be dudes that you can you can kind of get him like his value keeps decreasing. Like last week Rick, I offered you DJ Moore for Jameer Gibbs. After the 27 point game this week, would you take that if I offered it to you now? Probably. Yeah, and now it's off the table because you waited too long. Right. So anyway, yeah, I, I would I would go after Gibbs because the value is decreasing for him, especially in the fantasy community too. And it's going to be a guy that you're probably going to be able to get for cheap. But I like to take that shot because if you take that shot and it works out, um, you end up with a really, really good running back. Yeah. Gibbs is just the things that you said, like I don't disagree with anything you said and it all are valid points. And I think he's the more efficient running back. Not even, I think, I know he's the more efficient running back. He's more talented. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It does not matter. The coaching staff loves David Montgomery. He's this year's Jamal Williams. He plays the exact same role. And I don't think that's going to change. I really don't. I think that, you know, is he going to get 30 carries a week? Probably not, but he's the guy. David Montgomery is the guy. Gibbs is the pass catching running back. And that's all he is. He's their third down back. who not even always out there for third down. Sometimes he comes out for decoy plays. Like he's not getting touches. It just, as long as David Montgomery's on the field, I don't see a world where Gibbs even gets 15 touches a game. And the thing you said with touchdowns too, like, He's the only way he's going to get a touchdown is if he breaks off a big play. That's it. Because if they're in the red zone, David Montgomery gets the ball. That's the way their offense has been the first four weeks. Can't change. And I don't really think it will. It's going to change. It will change. Guaranteed. Yeah, right. I guarantee. I don't. Um, it's still. I'm not out on him in dynasty though. I just traded for him in a dynasty league. Oh, there you go. Um, mm-hmm. Because the fantasy community is down on Jameer Gibbs. Um, and uh, I think it's he's dropped really eight sad. spots. It's not even really his fault. Like he hasn't been that bad. It's just he's averaging five yards a carry or close to five yards a he's carry. He's capped. He's capped without he's, touchdowns. Well, he's he's capped without touchdowns, and then we were thinking it was going to be a split. But Montgomery's getting like close to thirty touches a game, <laughs> or twenty Gibbs to thirty. Still, Gibbs is and still Gibbs getting is getting like fifteen. He's getting like thirteen. He had twelve this week. Week three, Montgomery did not play. And then week two, he had 14. And week one, he had not. So he had 14 is the most touches he's had with Montgomery. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But goodbye if you have the opportunity to yeah, get him. I guess. Um, sells for the week. We have Keenan Allen. Rick, tell us why Keenan Allen is a sell. He, so so some of the guys on this show, on our sell show this week, like I already know there's going to be comments being like, why, we why would you sell him? He's a great player. He's literally <laughs> We're not Yay. saying get rid of these guys. We're saying to sell them because their value is, I think, probably at a peak. I think Keenan Allen right now is at his peak value. 14, 31, 46, and 12. That's his stat line for the season. Yeah. Can you guess where he is in wide receiver rankings right now or where he's been through four weeks? He's like top three, right? He's wide receiver two. Oh, so he's ahead of guys like Jamar Chase. Wow. He's ahead of guys like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's ahead of guys like C.D. Lamb, Sheesh. A.J. Brown, and even with the Mike Williams injury, I don't think Keenan Allen should be ahead of those guys. Yeah, if Keenan Allen can stay healthy the entire season, which is a big if, uh, then I think he's probably a top ten wide receiver, top ten, top twelve. He's not a top two guy. He's not a top five guy, which I think some people would consider him a top five guy without Mike Williams. Um, 
the games are going to slow down. What he did this week, 12 fantasy points is more, I think, in his cards. Yeah. 12, 14, like those 46 and 31 point weeks are not going to be what Keenan Allen, I think, is really about at this point in his career. He's a possession guy. Um, like he had 20 targets, dude, in week three against Minnesota. Oh, 20 geez. targets. This is not going to stay um, the, the case the whole season. Yeah. It's not sustainable. He's also very injury prone. He's 31 years old. He's been injured um, pretty much last year. He missed a lot of time. 2021, he missed a little bit of time. 2020, he missed a little bit of time. He had a little streak there where he was completely healthy, but the beginning of his career, he was also injury prone. Mm-hmm. I think at 31 years old, it's just really hard to expect him to play a full season and produce at a top three level. I don't see it happening. Even at a top five level, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, so if you can trade him at a top five level, which there are leagues where you can, do it. If you have the opportunity to walk up to somebody and say, Keenan Allen for Jamar Chase, you do that. I would do that, yeah. So this is not really an indictment on Keenan Allen because I think he's a it's, I think he's a wonderful fantasy asset. And if you choose He's still to, a top twelve receiver, rest if of you season. if you choose not to move on from him, then that's totally on you. Like fine like we're not judging you for that this is really more this and the next guy is really more or less they can't produce at the level that they've been producing like it it will come down and it's not it's not really an indictment on keenan allen but i just like to me i don't think that there's an opportunity for keenan allen to continue to get the massive target share that he's he's gotten now he might continue to do it but 20 targets in a game is absolutely absurd and Mm -hmm. 40 fantasy points in a game is absolutely absurd so you know he will come down to earth but he's still a great fantasy asset so you can keep him on your team if you want but using the opportunity this is why fantasy football i love making trades like this because some guys outperform what their actual ceiling is and you can use that to your advantage so you're four weeks through the season you say you know keenan allen's a wide receiver two on the season um, and you say it with all your with all your gusto, with all your belief that you have in your heart, even if you don't believe it. Um, and you tell that person that they are the wide receiver two on the season. And that's what I got to get back in return. And you make a trade. You can kind of, you know, oversell that value. Um, Mike Williams, if this is in a dynasty league, so a little bit different. But I at two years ago, I won the Di- I won the fantasy championship in a dynasty league. And um, I had Mike Williams on my team. Now, hindsight, in a dynasty league, you probably shouldn't do this, but Mike Williams went off and had a huge game, and Keenan Allen had not started the season well. So I traded Mike Williams at the time, who was, boom, through the roof, having really great games for Keenan Allen. Well, Mike Williams came down to earth and ended up like a wide receiver three the rest of the season, and Keenan Allen was a wide receiver one on the season. So I traded a wide receiver three for a wide receiver one because I used a player's height, the height of their game, to my advantage to get a player that was much better. And that's what you should do with Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is not going to produce as a top five wide receiver all season. Try to see if you can get a top five wide receiver on your team for a guy like Keenan Allen, maybe one that's underperforming, you know, like a Jamar chase and see if you can do that. Even if you got to throw somebody in the deal, that's fine. Um, hmm. And it may not be. Or even if you can get a top five back, like if you could trade him for a sake one, I would oh, probably do that. If your yeah, team needed sure. a running back. If you're like if you had a lot of receivers and you needed a running back, like, but like you drafted, you drafted Keenan Allen as a dude who wasn't going to be a top five wide receiver, and now you have that, and yeah. you can use that as a trade chip. So if you can you get probably Saquon, drafted like him free. as a wide receiver it's, too, 
it's like drafting. If you draft him in the third round, it's like drafting Saquon in the third round. If you trade him for Saquon Barkley, so. Um, yeah. And he was like, he was a fourth round pick in most leagues. Yeah, for real. So go get yourself. I mean, uh, go trade yourself away, Keenan Allen. Get yourself something. Or keep him. Or keep. It's fine. Um, Puka Nakua is the next guy. And um, like I just said, he's still good. He's still fine. I think with him and Cooper Cup, they're both going to produce. So don't be afraid. Like, don't be like, oh, my God, Puka's not going to produce. Oh, I'm going to trade him. Like, don't panic. Um, I still think he's going to be good for fantasy. I think his floor is, like, wide receiver 20. So I think you're right. fine keeping him. Like, you're you're okay keeping him rest of the season. But the peak that he's at right now for fantasy football He's not getting back to that with Cooper Cup as a starting wide receiver as well on the team. Um, no. They can't give him the same volume and then also give Cooper Cup the volume that they give him. So he is going to lose target share. He is going to lose opportunity. And because of that, it might not be enough to damage him fantasy football-wise in terms of you know him still staying in the wide receiver two conversation, but it's definitely going to damage his opportunity to finish as a wide receiver one this year. I don't think they both can do it. So... I would say Cooper Cup, or at least produces a wide receiver one following Cooper Cup's return. So what I would do is trade uh, Puka Nakua now for a valuable asset that actually has the opportunity and has the ceiling to continue to have success um, and isn't going to be capped by another player coming in and taking opportunity. So, And Puka was a waiver wire ad for most of you. So... Like, this isn't even like, uh, you know, whoever you're getting is a free asset at this point. You know what I mean? It's a free ad to, to your team. So I would trade Puka um, based on his ceiling and his value right now in a similar situation. The example I gave a second ago, um, you can get something good for Puka, so I would do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, and Puka's another tough one, though. I. I am very okay with you keeping Puka. I think he's very, very solid. Even with Cooper Cup there, I think he's still going to be good. But you are right. If Cooper Cup and him are healthy rest of the season, he's just not going to play at the level that he will. Most of those targets are going to go to Cooper Cup. He's still going to produce. He's still going to have a lot of targets, but you're not going to see the 15. You're not going to see the 20 target games. That's going to be for Cooper Cup. You're going to see him. Uh, more at that like seven ish targets per game, which is still pretty good. Throws a touchdown, gets a touchdown in there, and you know you're looking at top ten performances. But he's not going to be that consistently. I think he's probably with Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. probably in that wide receiver twelve to fifteen range, uh, not wide receiver four. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and he might even be uh, he might be like closer to wide receiver fifteen to twenty, mm-hmm. as you said. I think at the floor you said wide receiver twenty. I think that's. Probably I would agree with that. I see him more being like that wide receiver 15 range, but either way, that's not top five. And and people know Cooper Cup's coming back, so it's not as easy of a sell because it's like, oh, well, Cooper Cup's coming back, so Puka's not going to do that well. But there are going to be people in your league that think the opposite and think that Puka is the guy now or that with Cooper Cup there, Puka's still going to be a top five, top six, top seven guy. And as you said, you picked him up off the waiver wires. He's been great for you those first four weeks. I think it's a perfect sell. If you can trade him for a high-level player, a true difference maker for the rest of the season, absolutely do that. Because Puka was that for the first four weeks. Yep. But with Cooper Cup there, hes I don't think he's going to be a difference maker. I don't think he's going to be that elite 30-point kind of guy in your, in your fantasy lineups. 
but he still could have that value where you could get somebody that could be that. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Our last sell of the week is Alexander Madison. See you later, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, We did Alexander Madison last week or the week before. And um, yeah. Yeah. I don't I think, think it was he last sucks. Week. Was it last week? I don't. I, I really so. don't. I don't think he sucks. I don't think he sucks as bad as everyone was making it out to be in the first couple weeks of the season because it was a rough two weeks. It was week one and two. He did between, have some tough matches between the with between the fumbles and the mistakes and all of that stuff. The tough matchups really got to him, and he had improved. So he's he got four point six yards per carry in week three, and week four he had five point five nine. He's been getting a much larger workload, and he, the running game is back for Minnesota, which is a good sign. And I think there's some positives there for Alexander Madison. The problem is it feels like either Minnesota is losing and behind the whole time, or they're like right in the game and they have to pass at the end. And so like touchdowns have been an issue for Madison. Mm-hmm. He has one touchdown on the season. It's a receiving touchdown. So... There's obviously some drawbacks to Alexander Madison, but he has 13, 17, 10, and then the one four-point game against Philadelphia. He's running back 19 on the season. If there's any opportunity to sell this guy off of what he has done, I'd do it because I think that there's going to be like, this week he has KC, so this is going to be another week where he he's probably not going to perform at his best. He's probably going to be, yards per carry is going to be poor. It's not going to be a great game. Like Rick said on the last show, Minnesota's going to be playing from behind. Then all of a sudden you're going to be back at square one with Madison and you're going to, well, they have a game against Chicago. So to me, it's like, he's almost like uh, against good matchups. You can start him against mediocre yeah. matchups. You can start him against bad matches. You probably should sit him because he's not going to perform. Um, but with that being said, I don't like to have that on my team. And if you have multiple assets that you can compile, like you have Puka and Alexander Madison, you can probably get something real dang oh. good to win a heartbeat. Yeah. Like you could get something really good with that. So I would trade Alexander Madison. If you have the opportunity to, he's an okay, like flex option on a week to week basis. If you, if you want to keep him, but um, I think, I think it's time just to move on and sell, cut your ties and, and move on from that situation. Um, with that being said, if he drops 20 against KC, I reserve the right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. I don't, I don't think he's, you know, I, I have harped on him a lot, but he's not like the worst running back in the league. And Certainly against good matchups, he will be okay Yeah, against the Chargers, against the Panthers. But when he plays against a tough run defense, like, He's not going to be great. And and that's going to start uh, this week against the Chiefs. He does then have um, the Bears, but then he's got the 49ers right after that. So it's a lot of ups and downs, and it's not somebody that you can rely on. Not to mention, I I don't think Cam Akers is there to steal his job, but it's it was better without Cam Akers there. Now Cam Akers comes in, and he's getting a couple extra touches a game. I think the – was it week three where Madison had 25 touches? I don't think that that's happening again. Um, I think he's going to be around that, you know, 18 to 20 touch mark, which mm-hmm. is still pretty good, but it's not like the workhorse that we got to see in week three. So right. um, it's it's not somebody that you want to rely on. And I think it is a good time to sell him because if you just look at his overall season production, it's not too bad. He's a, he's a running back too. He's where you drafted him. He's had a good week or two, but for the rest of the season, and if you're just considering his week to week where he's going to be ranked, like I don't, I don't know, I don't love it. 
Yeah, it's a it's a tough reality. I have Alexander Madison, so I'm like I I'm like, like he he has been in and out of my lineup for the pretty much. I think he started twice for me and sat twice for me so far to start the season. So, you know, I mean, we have two flexes in our league, and I still have guys that are better than him. <laughs> I, probably, I tried to yeah. say I tried. But, um, yeah, you might not get a lot, um, you know, and, like, this week wasn't, like, an explosion game, but there will be weeks where that happens. So when that does happen, like, use it as an opportunity because – he he does sometimes outperform where he actually um, is capable of performing. Uh, but anyway, there, there you go. That's that's actually the end of the show. Now, week five coming at you. Hopefully you enjoy this weekend. You get to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars again in London because they're trying out. They're trying out for a London team. Um, but enjoy the weekend, guys. See you later. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.